This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is our Fulham Midseason Review Part 1. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the Fulham Blame Pie. My co-hosts will be going through all four categories and sharing their thoughts on each and every one of them. There will be a Part 2, as we just did not have enough time to finish up our Midseason Review. And that will be happening next week. So, sit back and relax, and here is Part 1. Joining me today is Scott Tanfield and Emilio Donnell. This should be an interesting look at Fulham. And we're going to go through why Fulham are in the situation that they are. And we're going to go through what I call the Fulham blame pie. Which percentage do you put to these four categories? And we'll go through each one of them. But before we get to that part, I want to welcome my co-host back to the show. And it's always a pleasure to do it with these two guys. It's always a great episode first. Mr. Tanfield, welcome back to Cottage Talk. It's good to have you on. Yeah, I'm going to be on again, Russ. I've not been on for a while. I'm looking forward to a moan. Um, so, um, yeah, we're looking forward to this one. I have a funny feeling you're going to get your chance, my friend. This should be very interesting. Mr. Donello, how are you doing? Hello, guys. Hi, Russ. Hi, Scott. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, we're all frustrated with the current situation, but I'm always trying to be ever the optimist in, the, in a positive voice here. So, There'll, there'll be some positives coming out of my mouth tonight as well, despite the predicament we're in. So uh, <laughs> rest assured, it's not all be, it's not more do- doom and gloom. Okay, very good there. It's good to have the balance. So before we get into talking about where Fulham are right now, I have to just get your thoughts real quick on the loss in the FA Cup match. I watched this, and the one word that comes to mind, guys, watching it, and I said it to myself at least 10 times, embarrassing that's the only word that kept coming to mind watching the entire thing watching the first half I'm, I'm thinking to myself embarrassing Scott what comes to mind when you think of this loss in the FA Cup yeah absolutely pitiful to be honest with you. I yeah. mean it's ironic that um I'm not sure if you know my local team to here is Mason United yes um and I actually watched Mason get knocked out to I would have been the round before um 
and they brought about 150 fans and Oldham were woeful. They they were awful um, against a very awful Maystone side who looked at it relegated themselves this season for the National League. Um, you know, and it just puts it into a bit more perspective, really. I know that they've come to a Premiership club. Um, obviously, they're going to up their game. It's a day out for them. And, you know, fair play to them. Um, they've got the result. But from our perspective, absolutely pitiful. Yes, that's a good word. Embarrassing, pitiful. Emilio, to you. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we've talked at length about the, the debacle on Sunday. But, you know, the FA Cups now, it gives the lower clubs op- an opportunity to, to, uh, to shock the bigger teams. You know, yes. Newport County, you know, Huddersfield lost, Cardiff lost, Ipswich Town had once a big club lost to Accrington Stanley. So, you know, I, I'm not saying I should look at other teams, but I'm not overly concerned about that performance. Okay. You know, the, the players, there was a bit of slightly slight change in formation, tactics. Um, some give, players were given an opportunity to, to be tested. They obviously didn't deliver. But when you play those type of games, you don't push yourself to the limits. You don't you don't go in for tackles, you don't need to go. So you do give the opposition that advantage of you know, they're raising their game, you're slightly off your off off par and we shouldn't have speculated. That was history. That's the FA Cup. We need I know so old saying focus on the league, but we do have to focus on the league. We will see a different team over the coming weeks. It's the same that we couldn't use the FA Cup to get some confidence and get some some a much needed boost. But let's not dwell too much on the cup game. It's it's happened, it's gone. Let's focus on Burnley on Saturday. You know, I don't, I don't want to do too much on it, but well done, Golden, for uh, for embarrassing us. Really, I'm glad that you said that because uh, I want to give them praise because they won that match. They deserved it. I want to give them credit. I actually put that in a tweet and also put that on Facebook. You can't forget to give them credit, and their fans were fantastic. I heard them the entire match, and so I want to give Oldham all the credit in the world. But it's yeah, also no, no. an embarrassment for Fulham Football Club. Yeah, but and on that point talk- as well, it's like you don't see Cardiff City supporters complaining. Huddersfield City, Huddersfield Town supporters complain. They've just gone on with it. Yes, it's yeah. not good for confidence, but life goes on. You know, priority is the stakes are staying in the Premier League, and Absolutely. we're still in with a chance. So let's not dwell too much on the disappointment. The cup yeah. runs nice, but. You know, it's not the be all end all when you're struggling for re- in the relegation zone. So, um, absolutely, uh, try next year for the think, for a cup run, hopefully. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I think, I think, mainly, I think, mainly from our perspective, I think, um, I think it's the effort that was from the players that, that, that were introduced. I mean, I think Ranieri made made a point that you know, yeah. some people or players from the fringe uh, on the fringes, you know, had had this opportunity to actually prove um, to him or to us, obviously, that they're worth um, a shot in the side or. Um, and I think it's that lackluster performance from from within um, and the attitudes. I think um, you know that really disappoints fans um, because they just didn't look bothered. Um, you know, I mean, you look at um, I know we're going to touch on this too much, but I mean, you look. Yes, Cardiff went out. They made seven wholesale changes, and you know they made some really big wholesale changes. I think the only um, player that they really played was Bobby Reed against Gillingham. You know, I mean, we we had a decent side there, and we introduced some big guns towards the end, and. Um, yep. We had two shots against a League Two side, you know. Um, for me, it's, that's not good, you know. And there was a lot of the problems Scott. all season, though, hasn't it? I think this is what we've been I've been saying for some time. Is we've, we've oh, it's a good point. We have pointed on the defence under Ranieri. We get that, and I recognise that. But I've been saying since September, there's no where the goals coming from in this team. Within with the full strength team, there's not enough cutting edge in that midfield, not enough quality penetrating passes and runs being made. And if Mitrovic is off form or doesn't get the service, where else are the goals coming from? So we saw on Sunday that a slightly second team 
already, you know, who are only playing a handful of games here and there, haven't made any difference in, in some of those weak areas, i.e. in central midfield, penetrating runs and scoring goals. That's, that's a problem. Defensively, I think we're, we're a lot more tighter and we've seen results. But what are we doing to address the attacking options? That, that's my concern because goals win games. And we have we've not showed any ability to score goals on a regular basis. How many, goals, how many times have we scored two goals? When's the last time we scored twice in a game? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So There's a problem. So I've been saying that yeah. since September, not just now. So it's No, I know you have. You've been yeah, consistent with this. And no. I have to say, Emilio, you are right right now because unless they can get goals from someone else than Alexander Mitrovic, they're going to be in trouble. And if something happens to him, forget about it. So they need to address that. But it's not just that. It's the service to mm-hmm. the players up front. You've talked about that as well. I think that they have started the process of uh, getting the defense up to a decent level, not the level that it needs to be. But you had to start that foundation. It's now mm. starting the process. But the other part of the game has to come too. And you're right about that. All right. Okay, guys, let's get into this. What I did Yesterday, as I, I put up a poll, I, th- I thought I'll go through the results of the poll, and then we'll go through each four parts and share our thoughts on them. So I don't want you to give the percentages of uh, each part until we get there, but I'm just going to go through the poll and the results because I find them fascinating. Here was my poll yesterday on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. Which category is most responsible for Fulham's very poor season so far? Players, coaches, summer recruitment, and ownership. Guys, I've had 921 votes. So this is a decent amount of votes, okay? Let's start with number one. Players was at 47%. Summer recruitment was right behind at 43%. Coaches, that's Slavisa Jokanovic and Claudio Ranieri and their coaching staffs, was at 7%. Ownership was only at 3%. So those are the results. Actually, the poll is still open for another day. But right now, that's what's going at the time that we're recording this. So, Scott, before we delve in and talk about the four categories, what are your thoughts about the results of the poll? Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I I think it is. I mean, I've always split it kind of um, 50-50. I mean, there's a difference between us because we can always say, you know, do we blame the owners? The owners, the owners, they they bought the football club, but behind the owners, there's cogs that make, you know, the, the club run and there's certain people in certain positions that have to get business done and they, you know, like we're doing jobs, we all follow suit. Um, you know, I mean, we've had this big sort of debacle since, obviously, the championship season is coming up. We were late getting out of the championship, obviously, we come through the playoffs. Um, we, we didn't know whether we were going to come up. You know, we, we, we had nine loan signings, um, which we all knew possibly either weren't going to make it or had to go back or, you know, they weren't going to rejoin for them. And we had to basically do a whole, you know, sort of um, kind of um, recruitment process throughout the summer. But the problem is, I mean, we, you know, we, we had to recruit a whole team. Um, right. So the bottom line is, I mean, you've got to look at how we built that, you know, that, that team in the summer. I mean, there had to have been a plan in place. There would have been a plan to say, if we stayed in the championship, this is how we continue. And if we went up, this is this is how we do it. Um, you know, and someone had to realise if you were going to spend 105 million, that, you know, that love had to be spread across, across the whole squad. Um, not leave us open with a championship back for um, and someone that's got a little bit of, of, of premiership experience, but had a crock knee. Um, and then you start filling positions with what I class as, as, as Rolls-Royce players, uh, people that 
are individuals that, that play in, in, in you know in, in high state teams. Um, so my blame has to be on that. I you know I personally feel that we've come to the Premiership again, like we did, or so when we, we tackled the Premiership in, in the 2014 season. Um, I think we were poorly prepared. The plan wasn't good enough, and we should have learned from mistakes. We've also shared um, some of the blame, which says by the poll that. You know, we've we've got to look at, at the coach. You know, well, was the coach yeah. sufficient enough to 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 get us out, or you know, to to be able to play within the Premiership? I mean, love Savita for what he did. You know, um, could never sort of say you know he couldn't have a shot in the Premiership. However, I think on on, on some instances he you know he was a little bit naive in regards to how the Premiership was. Um, I felt that he was a little bit stubborn in regards to wanting to play his way, um, knowing that we were getting crucified every week. Um, so for me, the, the, the balance of the responsibility is there, Russ. You know, and I think okay. that kind of shows in the poll. Okay, excellent. Emilio, over to you. What are your thoughts on the poll before we get into all four categories and really break them down? Um, I agree with lots of what Scott said. I think it's all, all valid comments. I think certainly I'd put a a lot a lot slightly higher stake on the coaches i think to scott's point Teresa, okay. you know experimented too much at times chopping and changing the, the players so, yes you, you know there's all the, the theory you've got to you've got to find the right formation you've got to find the right balance in the team you know one week you can see four goals you change the defense next week you can see three you change it again you change the formation it's too much chopping and changing whereas maybe in hindsight sticking to a, a more trusted formation and giving that time to gel and work may have been more productive. So I think he deserves a lot more criticism. He, you know, he, he's always bang on about not having the squad, the depth, the quality. He got, got hopefully, you know, he would have thought he would have had a set of players who, who should be delivering better. So I would put more blame on the coaches. I think the players, I think, haven't stepped up to the mark. That's quite clear. These are, some of these are players have come with, a, you know, Good, good, you know, good backgrounds. You know that our, our central midfielders have come with. You know, how much have we paid for the two of those? Sixty million between the two. So we've overpaid. Maybe we left things a little bit too late in the day as well. So the usual things we leave things to the last minute. Yep. And panic buys. That's inflate. That's created inflation, inflatory prices. Other clubs knew that we had this money to spend, therefore they pushed up their prices. So uh, the balance is it's obvious that players and recruitment you know, hasn't been good enough. But I think it needs to be. A, I would have probably said probably 40, 40 of the players, probably about 30 of the recruitment. I think the coaches need to take a bit more accountability. Maybe the ownership, maybe need to, to Scott's point, need to be a little bit more uh, prudent when it comes to these sort of things. You know, they and have they, are they savvy enough to running a, a football club? That's, you know, time and time again, their intentions may be good, but then maybe they're failing on, you know, quite spectacularly at times. But you can't fault their commitment. For fans who believe the Khans haven't got the, their hearts in the club, They've spent 105 million quid, for God's sake. So Absolutely. one more they want. So I'm very supportive of what they're trying to do. They just need to be a little bit more savvy, a little bit more aware of how to run a business. But, you know, they know the predicament we're in. And, you know, trust me, they're, 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 they will be working hard behind the scenes to remediate this situation. Because the last thing they want is a club to get relegated. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, can I mention one thing? One more thing, Russ. Go, go ahead, Scott, please. Go ahead. It just, it just sparked me before uh, immediately was going on. It, it, so integration is another thing as well. I mean, we 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 mm. heard some some stories um, about inside of integration, the new players coming in yep. with the old yep. players, mm. and it's been a little bit of debacle there in regards to you know who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing, and again, it's about timely. It's not just about you know like we do at work, we we build teams, we build squads. It's about the harmony. Um, 
we it's a good point, Scott. Well, yeah, we? very good. Um, we don't we don't leave ourselves enough time to integrate players, and we we brought players in that have done it before that are probably coming with egos. We've got players that have come up from the championship, and we're all quick, quick, quick. Season starting, we've thrown them all in there, trying to get them into a system or whatever, and you've got people resenting each other, probably you know arguments left, right, and centre, and resentment for this and that, and all of that kind of atmosphere hasn't helped at all. It's a very good point. Yeah, it is, and that creates. That creates disharmony in the team. And that's something yes. I've always mentioned on, on many shows is, you know, the work that I do, it's all about trust. You know, you work together as a team. You know, if you suddenly find, well, actually, why I'm I'm playing week in, week out, and I'm getting a third of your salary, or basically there's, you know, I'm not I'm not putting my weight. I'm getting, I think there's, two, there's a lot of dress behind the scene issues as well. The team isn't playing like a unit. Yeah. And there seems to be a bit disharmony amongst the players themselves. So, you know, that's not it's in the a, focus. It's a good point by Scott to bring that up. In the yeah, area. very good point. Because, you know, it's funny when you look at it and you think of the players that were already there and all the players that came, like you said, it was a very bad timing issue because it, so many came so late. And then you throw them all into the mix where you have these other players that were already there and there's a lack of cohesion. And I'm glad that, Scott, you brought us there because that's a great place to start when we talk about the players, and because uh, that was number one in the poll in the blame pie. So I want to get your thoughts just overall on the players, and we could talk about individual players if you want positions. So let's talk about how much you put of the blame on the season so far on the players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got to look at the players as a whole. I mean, in the day, they're, they're paid a salary to do a job, and you know, a majority of them are not delivering. Um, I mean, if you look from a game-to-game basis, there are, uh, you know, there's, there's a handful that are maybe winning sort of man of the matches on a regular basis or some that are really pulling their weight. Others, you know, have the ability um, and they're simply not. It's a case of they're strolling around, um, picking up a salary. Um, and again, I don't know whether it's a case they feel that they're bigger than the club and if, you know, things happen, you know, they'll just move on and, and Fulham is a distant memory to them. Um but again, it all comes down to attitude. And I think we've got too much of that in the team at the moment. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's a balance of having players that are not good enough um, and then players that are good enough that are just simply not pulling their weight. Um, I mean, God knows how Andre Shaw was being paid six million a year. I really don't. Um, I mean, for me, that's just that, I mean, you look at him play, uh, and I'm not saying that he would be better in, in, in a team like Chelsea or someone like that, but right. I mean, his work rate is just nothing. Um, and I would rather drop him to have someone like Kamar in the side that will actually put himself about for 90 minutes and actually make a difference, you know? Um, and there are fans that and would lot... agree with you on that, Scott. Yeah, and I mean, Kamar, you know, we, we, we know he's not the most um, skillful players, but he well, comes we know he on, has the effort. Him... Yeah, he barges players about. He gives them something to think about. I mean, um, Andre Schell, I just, I, I just really don't know where, he, where he's at, to be honest with you. I really don't. Okay, so... If you had to put a number of the blame pie on the players, and I'll go to Amelia, what, what would you put it at? And then we'll really get into more talking about the players. Um, I'm going to say just slightly, slightly more um, than the recruitment side. So I'm going to go around about sort of 57 percent something like that on the players. Okay, very good. Amelia, over to you. Scott brings up some good points because when you look at the players out there, and you look at the players that really I don't think are good enough to play at this level. Love Dennis Adoy, okay? Love Dennis Adoy. Love Stefan Johansson. Love Kevin McDonald. These are players that I think uh, were great in the championship. Mm-hmm. Tim Ream. 
I don't feel that they should be playing in the Premier League. And I think that's part of the problem that we saw over the course of the season with Slavisa, that he reverted to the players that he knew. And then you have these other players that are coming in. Then you have that lack of cohesion. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm glad that you guys have started the conversation talking about this. We're talking about the players that have come in, talking about the lack of effort from someone like Andre Sherla. And then you marry that with players that aren't good enough, even though they're giving you effort, they're not good enough for this level. And that's, I think, part of why you have this issue that you're having, this team that is not unified. It's not unified. They're not playing as a team. Sometimes they do, but there aren't 11 altogether fighting as a unit. Over to you, Amelia. Yeah, but, you know, just let's compare against some of these other clubs, the Huddersfields, the Cardiffs. You know, they've got arguably players more inferior to us. I mean, so if we look at our championship players, yep. you know, <laughs> you mentioned Dennis Adore. I'm sticking up for him. I think he's been one of my most, most consistent players. If everyone had as much heart, as many balls and passion as Dennis Adore, we'd be in a much better position. The fact that we haven't got quality in the midfield is not good enough. It's far too slow. True. You know, it, it's poor. You know, these, these, the series of this world... You know, and Gleasers of this one. These have come in highly rated, highly inflated prices. We all expected with the players that we recruited to be comfortably mid-table, 12, 13 position. Very few fans. I bet you, if we go back and look at the polls from pre-season, what was our expectations? How many would have predicted that we'd be in a relegation zone and, and in, you know, highly likely to get relegated? Very, very yeah. few. So everyone was comfortable and happy with the summer recruitment. The players, there's too many individuals. I think we're just too slow, you know, Dennis, I can take Dennis Odoi playing in central defence with Alfie Morton. Alfie Morton, shame he's got injured because he's actually yeah. starting to be a leader. And I've been, you know, being quite positive about it, as you know, over the last few weeks, just shame he got injured. But Dennis Odoi, you know, he's the only one who's showing any desire at the moment in defence. You know, he's determined, he's passionate, he's making runs. Yes, he makes mistakes. But he's the one who gets crucified when things go wrong. But he never gets applauded when he's actually showing the determination that he's showing week in, week out. So I love Dennis Odoi. Okay. You know, I love the guy. And... It's a shameless step in your hands. And my favourite play of the last few seasons, just just not good enough, unfortunately. Right. McDonald, love him to bits, not good enough. The players who should be stepping up to the plate, i.e. Mr. Tom Kearney, is the one who's frustrating me the most. He's not good enough at this level. And I actually think he's a problem why we're in this position as well. Very not interesting. Enough. Yeah, we can talk about him later, but I've lost total respect for Tom Kearney in the last few weeks. He's, he's way down in my pecking order. I want him out. And if wow. we can get twenty million for him, sell him, please, because he's not good enough, too slow. And we will. What did he do on Sunday against Oldham? Absolutely nothing. Well, don't get me started on that. Man. Yeah, he'll you know, like... pretty much dive for the penalty as well. Exaggerated that. So that, Kamara got absolutely abused when he dived two months ago. What did Tom Kearney get applauded for winning a penalty? That's double standards from the fans out there. So I'm don't talk to me about Tom Kearney because okay. I could talk a whole show about him. But uh, to your point. The players individually, we, we thought we've recruited well. Yeah. Rico, I think, is playing is doing well in goal. Defensively, Mawson was coming into his element. Dennis Adoy was working well with him. So yeah, I thought we I think we got we had the right balance, but unfortunately we just don't have enough goals in this team, not enough quality. We've tied to the defence, but goals win your games and, that, and that's where the problems are. Central midfield mm-hmm. and in the attacking option, Sherla. You know, I thought he'd be a great signing, but doesn't do enough for me. Doesn't do no. yet. Though. We all had great same thing expectations of him. What's he done? He started. He had a good game against Burnley, I recall. And what's he done since? Been in. But how does his cause get helped when one minute you're playing, then you're on the bench, then you're not even in the squad? Going back to Scott's point around integration, you, you, how can how, how can you get confidence if one if what if you don't know from one second to the next whether you're in the team or in the squad? 
that's that's a problem as well. There's just you know who who is the, your top sixteen players? We just don't know. It's just so all over the place, Emilio. It's fragmented, totally. It's completely fragmented, and that's part of the problem. It's the established players that have already been there, and then you bring in these other players that just are not up to the standard that they should be at for the price tag that they're brought in for. So it's a combination. We'll get into that a little bit more with summer recruitment. But back over to you, Scott. Let's let's talk about it now because here's a player that, again – Captain of uh, Fulham Football Club, Tom Kearney. I have to ask your thoughts of what Emilio just shared there. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all got doubts about Tom Kearney and whether he could step up. Um, I mean, we kind of noticed that last season, or the season before, when we played Tottenham in the Cup at home. Do you remember? Um, I think we got beat 3 Yeah, I remember. Um, and we all thought, um, ideal game for Tom Kearney. He would step up. You know, we could see his quality there. And he got completely overshadowed in that game. Um, a lot of fans said, you know, you know, is he kind of one of those players that just doesn't make that step up? Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, I've, I've not been impressed with him this season. Um, I don't know he has been played been out of decided. position a little bit too much, though. So that I want to give him that. That has been a factor, though. I understand that. But then, obviously, we brought Siri. Um, and you know, the bottom line is we, we can't... You can't play the pair of them together by the looks of it. Um, so, again, you've got to look at the recruitment side again yep. and say, why did they bring Siri in? Uh, did they honestly think that Tom Kearney was going to be good enough? Or did they think that, you know, if he wasn't, he would be sold? Um, for me, it's, as the season's drawing on, I just don't think his attitude or his kind of fight is not as good as it has been for the club. Um, but if I could honestly say that I could see a player heading out in this window, it could well be him. Um he doesn't seem to be settled. He doesn't seem to be playing the football that he plays. And when you look at the system now that Ranier has got, um, he completely bypasses that midfield. And um, you know, and if you're going to stick him out on the right, there is no place for him, unfortunately. Okay. As we're focusing on the players, let's flip this a little bit because we're talking about what went wrong. Moving forward, as we're talking about, we we have the problems. Who do you believe? can help us get out of where we are, Scott, based on what we've watched so far this season. There has to be players that you feel that, listen, if we get behind these players, we add to the squad, they can help us get 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 out of this issue that we have, uh, which is a serious threat of relegation. Who do you feel has the ability to step up that you've already seen from the first half of the season? Yeah, well, I've only, I mean, from from my perspective, there's only kind of a handful of players in that side, I feel, that um, can really help you out of this. But, um, but the argument is we, we don't have enough to get out of it. They won't get us out of it on their own. Uh, Mitrovic sure. is always going to uh, leave from the front. He will always get you goals, but if he's not firing, you need somebody else that can, can get you out of the mire. Um, it's proved that Sessignon is still, um, he's obviously adapting to this league strength-wise or whatever, but he's he's kind of, being used better from the bench, uh, using that pace and strength towards the end of a game. And it's proved that he can open up a couple of opportunities. I've been pleased with Rico as a goalkeeper. Yes. For me, cemented in now that he's one of the best that we've got at the club. Um, totally agree. But then I look around I look around the whole of that squad. Um, and I mean, I should be sort of naming Siri as one of those players if we can improve it. But unless we, and I said this, unless we add, you know, at least a minimum of four quality players this window, um, I, I think the writing's on a wall for us. I really do. There's just not enough quality within that squad. Totally agree. I'm not going to disagree with you, Scott, because they need quality players in this window. And if they don't get it, 
then we're going to be talking about forming the championship next season. I, I know that might shock people that I'm saying it, but I truly believe that. I, I know the dire situation Fulmer in. When, when Mike Gregg tells me that this would be a, a bigger great escape than the great escape, that should tell you all you need to know about the situation Fulmer in. They are in a lot of trouble. Emilio, back over to you. Thoughts of my question going to Scott, talking about players that we can build around that we already have that you've seen from the first half of the season. He just named about three or four players. Any other player that you would add to the mix? Yeah, I think uh, saying that Mawson's out of, you know, injured at the moment, but I saw if, if Servisa had persevered with him and gave him that opportunity, and, and yes, he may have made a mistake, and then don't drop him, continue to yep. develop him, mature him. That's what I, maybe we didn't see Servisa when, when the chips are down, what's his coaching ability in terms of, you know, bringing people up, you know, raising their confidence levels. Yep. That's, you know, his view was you're not good enough, you're back on the bench or you get dropped. So that doesn't do good for confidence and morale amongst the team. But, you know, I think defensively we are a lot more, a lot more tighter. We're playing, you know, we're playing a, a much slower game, so we're not playing expansively, so we've got, we're less likely to get caught out. But when we're playing teams, that, you know, who are on the same level as us, mid-table yeah. downwards, then I, you know, we're, we've got we've got opportunities to pick up points against you know, the opposing team. So, you know, if we, you know, I, I think Seri will cu- will come good. Chambers is, you know, surprising, done a good job. I was just team. about to mention Calm Chambers to you. Not pretty, but yeah. his job is there. It's yeah. just disrupt play. You know, you know, do a step, maybe a better version of Stephen Johansson. Just, just disrupting that yeah. play, fouling, being a nuisance, hacking the ball away. And he's doing a, an effective job. It's like I said, it's not pretty, but okay. he's, he's making it a little bit more tighter to break down through that central midfield. But we need width. We need pace. You know, we just don't have enough enough width then. Mitrovic at times is isolated. I like to see Kamara starting more games because I think he... He could either make an impact off the bench, but he also can get at teams right from the off. But the way I see Ranieri playing is like he did with Leicester. Keep it yep. tight, 45 minutes, stay in the game. You're, you're no worse than nil-nil at half time, And then start to raise the bar like we did against Huddersfield second half. We, we upped the ante a bit. We pushed up five, ten yards. Huddersfield didn't get a sniff in that second half. But the problem was we weren't creating anything. We had not, you know, that, that's the issue. So, yes, yep. you can keep it defensively tight. You can keep it compact. Don't take many risks, but where's your offensive opportunities and attacking option? There isn't any. That's what needs to be reinforced. We need okay. to, if anyone, I'd rather we strengthen in attack, get more width, get okay. some goal poachers, get a better version of Darren Bent, someone like, a, like <laughs> Jermaine Defoe. Okay. What's wrong with Jermaine Defoe? Take him on loan from Bournemouth. He's still a sniffer. He can still poach on those goals. That's the sort of player that we need to feed off Mitrovic. The moment is, if it's not Mitrovic, there's no goals in the team. Okay, very good. And how much did you put on the players and the blame pie? And then I'm going to go right back. Um, I'd probably say still around forty percent. I think I think some recruitment's about thirty, okay. twenty for the coaches, and maybe a bit of ownership naivety there for about ten. But you know, okay. the, the coaches. I think I'm certainly Slavisa needs a bit more criticism. Okay, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's just talk about some recruitment because that's going hand in hand with talking about the players. And Scott brought up a good point at the beginning of the show where we talk about the lateness of all of these signings, I think that has really caused a major problem, Emilio, mm-hmm. because you've had all these other players in, and then you're adding all these new players to the mix, and it just hasn't gelled correctly. For whatever reason, it just hasn't come to fruition. So how much do we put the blame? Well, you've already put a blame on the summer recruitment. So where do you put it on? Do you put it on not finding the right players? Do you put it on the timing? What do you think is the biggest 
problem with the recruitment? Yeah, I think a lot of it is timing. So we, you know, the, the, the transfer window in the summer was a lot shorter this year. So it, it, start, it finished just before the start of the season. So we had three less weeks. So there's an, you'd hope the thing that they, they, they knew that from the word off. I think we just started maybe a little bit too late. Maybe still had a hangover from the championship playoff win. And just maybe just maybe we're underestimated um, the whole recruitment process, the time to get the lead time to, to get somebody signed. And it was just a panic. It was panic buys at the end. Yes. We knew that we didn't have enough depth. Didn't enough enough players to 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 fill up our squad, and it, that's why we paid over the odds for the likes of Serian Sony with Angisa, who's been absolutely shocking and horrendous. You know, sooner he goes back to France, the better. So, sorry, France listeners, you know, don't take any offence to that. But at the end of the day, there's got. To, I think just think we just I think underestimated the whole process, and when we panicked, we yeah, weren't getting okay. the signs we wanted. There were probably players that we were trying to recruit, spend a lot of effort trying to 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 sign them. They may have fallen through towards the end of the cycle, which is why we had no choice but to just go out there and tap up some of these other players who, to be honest, on paper looked strong, come with good reputations. But, you know, the, what I think, Scott, you've mentioned this in the past many times, and I've said it before, is there's a lead time for these type of foreign players to adapt to this style of football. And that's been the problem as well. I totally you agree know, with that. We but... haven't got enough experienced Premier League players. You look at some of these other teams, you know, they... We yes, don't have enough time, time for these players... No, especially the no. French players to come good. We don't have enough no. time. Different. That that's been half the issue. So timing, I think, has played a big part because okay. we paid over the odds because it was lastminute.com. Okay, very good, Scott. Over to you because uh, I think Amelia brings up some very good points when we talk about the timing. You've already mentioned it, but it's also the timing of when these players could come good. When you're dealing with players, say from France, maybe it takes a little bit longer. We just don't have the time for that when you're in the best league in the world, the most competitive league in the world. These players needed to be really coming out of the gates fast, and that just has not been the case. And so what are your thoughts about the summer recruitment? I know you have some you know, serious thoughts on it. You've already mentioned some of them, so I want to go to you and get your thoughts on what Emilia should and share whatever you want about the recruitment. Yeah, I mean, it's as we know, the premiership, the one thing you don't have in the premiership is time. Exactly. Um, whether it's results, um, whether it's uh, bad form, um, whatever you do, it's one of the best leagues in the world um, and it will leave you lagging behind very, very quickly. Um, you know, this has always been my argument from, from coming to the Championship and players will say, yeah, you know, um, this time last year, you know, we were full from bottom and we'd lost to Burnley and it's like, yeah, my argument is, yeah, we, you know, we, we turned that division around by beating the likes of Burnley, Barnsley, yes, and okay, we, we sort of beat Wolves at home or whatever, but there's a golfing difference between the two leagues. As we've seen, a very poor start has left us in a very, very bad position. Um, I can't remember who put the stats on. Um, it was on Friends of Fulham, I think it was. Yep. And, I mean, if you go on there and have a look, um, somebody put the stats based just on Ranieri. Um, and when you look at them stats based on, on Ranieri's reign, we're something like 15th at the moment, you know? But we're still sitting second from bottom. Um, I mean, there's been a slight improvement from him, but uh, again, it's not enough to obviously catapult up that division. Um, sure. You know, and it is. I mean, I'm, I'm one of Tony's biggest critics, always have been. I've never never hit the decision that I have been, and you, you've always heard me moan about it. And, you know, running running a football club is completely different. It's about getting all of your pieces in place correctly. And if you miss them pieces, you miss opportunities. It's like anything. Yeah. And I just feel that we're so disjointed sometimes in the way that we do something. Pieces we're, to we're a puzzle, always, Scott. 
we're always we're always the last club to you know always make a move on something. We're always flapping about. Um, you know, it, it probably seems worse because we are Fulham fans. You know, and we're in a predicament <laughs> that we are at the moment. And right. you know, you, you see him going out and, and promoting his wrestling. Fine, I've I've not got an issue. That's why people are successful. They dabble in many different things. But you know, we're languishing second at the bottom of the division. You know, we're, we're, we're having, it doesn't even look like we're getting anyone in for Burnley, and then we're signing some American wrestler. You know, in the states, and you know, fans are losing it all over the place. And I just think that there's certain priorities, and I think sometimes, you know, if if you are in that position, is it better to come out and maybe get somebody else to do that for you, so your face isn't always in in that picture? Um, because you'd probably get less criticism for it, you know. Um, well, Mike Gregg has suggested that he should bring in someone else to assist him. That it would look better for him if he did that. I think so, because, I mean, they're obviously good at what they do, Russ, and it's not knocking the cans, and I'm very thankful they're at the yeah. club, and, you know, and uh, the same as Emilio, you know, their intentions are good. But sometimes we do look like a circus, and the way that we go about things, you just look at it and think, you know, why, why have we done that? Um, it's not their intentions, I just think it's sure. sometimes it just doesn't fit with the model of what football is sometimes, you know? Um, and I think this is, this is the biggest problem. Um, but I think if they can nail it, um, and get it right. Um, but they've got a very successful football club there. But unfortunately, the way that this season's gone, it clearly shows you that the model and um, the way that we've done it is no different from 2013-14. Well, what's interesting about this, Scott, and I want to go back to you on this, and then and then we'll talk about the other two parts, is that um, there's a lot of criticism for how much money they spent, £100 million. I hear it every time I watch any full match. It's almost the first thing that the commentators will say. The presenters will say, Fulham has spent 100 million pounds plus. And I get that. But here's my question to you. For me, it's not about the amount of money that they spent. And you you and I have talked about this. It's how they spent it. It really is how they spent it. It And, And that's the main issue. And listen, I don't have an issue with them wanting to be ambitious and spend this money it's how it just came off, you know, because I've had people come to me and Scott that said that we should have only made two to three changes and went with the championship side. I think that would have been worse. Maybe I'm wrong about that. What, oh, what are your thoughts about it? No, no, completely. It would have been wrong. I mean, we would have got absolutely slaughtered if we come up with that side um, and we signed Callas and, you know, we signed Piazon right. and we added two players. We, we probably would have been bomb on the Huddersfield. Um I'm not complaining about 105 million that they spent. Um, when you look at inflation, the season before, when Huddersfield and that come up, I think they all spent around about 50 million each. And that is just about kept them in the division. Obviously, the season's gone, inflation, you know, teams are spending more, you know, walls from, from the division below basically, you know, pump sort of a lot of money in and they come straight up with Premiership ready players and spent 100 million. So they raised the bar. We absolutely needed to spend that amount of investment. Um, yep. You know, and, and the Khans were right for doing so. And I don't feel that that's an embarrassment. That shows you the, the amount of commitment that they had to, yes, they to, to bankroll us to, to success. The problem is, is where that money has been spent. And once again, um, when you look at it, and I mean, I know we all sat there and said, you know, we'll finish, you know, top half of the table, this and that. But I mean, the video was saying that there was a small percentage that looked out for, oh, you know, we could be in a little bit of trouble here. And I was one of those. When I okay. looked at that defence, and we invested that money, and we uh, I knew Morton was injured, I knew he was coming injured. And yeah, I was I concerned that about that. I was concerned about Morton's injury. I mean, if if you're going to play a championship defence in the Premiership, you're going to yep. get championship results. Um, 
And unfortunately, that's the way it's gone. We added no quality to that defence, and I feel that it was absolutely criminal. Um, okay. You know, and, and for me, that is where the investment side of it has gone completely wrong. Um, and I just feel that from from spending the 105 million, the love they've spent uh, spreading over the whole of that squad. Okay. But from an ownership perspective, because that to me is different than talking about the summer recruitment, that number is, is different because for me, and I, I've talked to you about this and then I'll go to a million, then we'll finish up with the coaches. What I want from my owner is to basically spend money and he just has to basically invest in the club. And that's what Shai Khan has done. Say what you want about him. Like you've already said, Scott, their intentions are good. So for me, when I look at ownership, that's why I kind of understand why he's not getting as much blame because for me, he really shouldn't. It's how you spent the money that that's what you should be pointing at it. Yeah, I mean, it's the people spending the money. It's, it's the people that are scouting these players. and It's the people that ultimately look at it and say to yourself, well, it's acceptable for us to start a premiership campaign with... Brian at left back, Christie at right back, Reeman at Doy at centre back. Um, yeah. and regardless of their their attitudes and, and, and how much they try, it's a championship back four, and we're competing in one of the best leagues in the world. And we've gone out and spent 105 million, yeah. and we've neglected possibly one of the most important positions of a squad. Yeah, I hear you there, Scott. Emilio, back over to you. Ownership. We're talking about this, and find this just a little bit different than summer recruitment because, as Scott said, people that are, are in charge of recruiting, finding the players for Fulham, spending all the money, for me, that's different than Shah Khan giving the money. You know, it's like it's like he's willing to invest in, in this club and obviously the situation with the Riverside Stand Development Project. He's investing in Fulham Football Club. So for me, when I look at the blame pie, for me, it has to be the least because he's doing his job as the owner. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I have to think, but, but let's look across the board. You know, we, when we say 105 million, but how many of those plays did we actually pay for? So, you know, Mitrovic was a fifth of that money alone. And everyone, you know, we all applauded that yep. signing. But Scherler's on loan. Yeto's on loan. First Mensa was on loan. Yep. You know, we haven't Rico. paid. We have Rico's on loan. So Tullam Chambers is on loan. So... What they've attempted, what they've tried to do is to actually not upset the apple cart, is to give those existing players an opportunity to come and play their part in this, you know, hope in this first season in the Premier League with some better quality around them. So we, if we hadn't paid overinflated prices for Seri and, and Angisa, you know, maybe that number would be more around the seventy million mark rather than seventy million sure. hundred and five. So, you know, I think they've invested in some right players and but obviously try to get the balance by trying to get as many loan signings as can just to strengthen in key positions. But, yep. you know, we look at Joe Bryan, you know, that, you know, unproven at this level, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's steady, not spectacular, never will be. You know, the, the, the Rico's done well. Chambers was brought in to be in defence. He's, he's proved to be a nightmare in that position. So let's not forget that, you know, we're, we're focusing on Chambers playing in midfield, but he was brought to be a central defender. Sure. So and that hasn't worked out. So I just feel that, that 105 million, yes, it hasn't been spent wisely. A lot of it was inflated because of last-minute panic buying. But the reality is, how many individual players did we spend money on? Less than the total number of players that we recruited. Six or seven of them were, were loan signings. Morton's a player for the future. And Mitris, that's 40 million alone just for them two. Yep. So, point. so I just think sometimes it's easy to say 105. But what the, what the cards are trying to do is trying to strengthen in, in certain key areas. Those players haven't stepped up to the plate. 
many of them are loan signings. There's an opportunity to send them back to their um, home their home clubs. Is the players that we've spent big bucks on the Angies and said that's what that's what the issue is. Those okay. two haven't delivered. No, I agree with you. They've spent. They've cost over half our total investment last summer. That's the issue. So it's, I totally agree with you. Know, you. So it's, so it's players, when, when it really comes down to how much, yeah. it's like you know, half. Take them, take them two out of the equation. We, everyone would have been happy to have spent twenty million on Morrison, young defender, um, who's got Lewis Dunk in the making, and and Mitrovic the same money. So, you know, what else we spent? A four or five million on Lomachon, which is probably, you know, on the bottom end of what you'd expect to pay for a defender at this level, and the rest are all loan signings. Just those two individuals are causing a problem for this debate. Okay. Because we paid far too high for odds for those those two chaps. Okay, very good. Guys, we're running very short on time. So real quickly on coaching. Scott, how much do you put on the coaching here with, with Ranieri and uh, Savisi? You said the form is um, with Ranieri is slightly better than obviously under Jokanovic. So thoughts on the coaching real quick. Yeah, I think um, there's been a slight improvement, but not enough at the moment to, to make big strides for us. Not enough for me to say that we're going to get out of this. Um, I think we've kind of said the ship a little bit. Um, we're still you know, getting beat heavily when, when we need to get beat heavily. Um, but there's just not enough at the moment for me. Um, there isn't been a vast okay. improvement. Okay. Emilio, I'm sorry we don't have enough time to really get into the coaching part of this, but your thoughts? Yeah, so I gave 20% coach. I think we... We we experimented far too often in the, in the Jokanovic era in the era of the first two or three months. Too much chopping and changing. We didn't learn from our mistakes. And to be honest, we should have changed sooner. Despite I don't like saying that. I love Savi. So you know he's you know I wasn't his biggest fan, but I loved what he did for the club. And unfortunately, just things weren't working out. We just maybe persevered a little bit too long. And that Huddersfield match away, people forget that's the worst game I've seen for many a season. We all oh, it was talk- horrible. That was disgusting, that performance, and that was the last straw. But okay. if we can start to be more competitive against the big teams, rather than losing 4-1 at a time, we, we, we should be OK, because we are picking points up against Southampton, Huddersfield, Wolves we've done well, Leicester, you know, let's, not get, let's not get carried. Leicester beat Man City and Chelsea. We were unlucky not to come away with a win in that game. So we are competing against these sort of mid-table, below teams. We just need to be a little bit more competitive and try to snatch a draw and a win against those big teams. If we can do that, then there's hope. Okay. So there's about 20% failings as far as the coaches are concerned because too too many problems in the first two, three months of the season. Okay, very good. Guys, we're going to end this way because I, I want to look forward because obviously we are painting a very bad picture the first half of the season. Is there hope for the second half of the season? So, Scott, I'll go to you quickly. Maybe give me a minute. What do Fulham need in January to stay in the Premier League? Number one, I need a lot more wins, starting at Burnley. Uh, we need to get something from Burnley to, to kickstart it. And we need a minimum um, of four quality players in this January transfer window, a minimum. Okay, very good. Emilio, to you. What's the form need in January to keep them in the Premier League at the end of the season? Um, first and foremost, some attacking options. You know, everyone, we talk about defenders, but... I think defensively, apart from Arsenal, we've been a lot more a lot more secure and put the Oldham game aside here. We just don't have enough goals. So get some width, get some pace, get some goals. And, you do. and I want experienced Premier League players. I don't want no players from Italy, no one from France. I want experienced Premier League players who've played at this level. That's what we need, people who know how to fight. And we should maybe start to sell, maybe consider selling one or two players. And maybe we can talk about that another time. But sure. 
you know, it's if we can get someone to give us 20 million for Tom Kearney, and that's another debate. Take it, please. <laughs> okay, excellent. Fantastic show, guys. I know it's difficult to do a show like this because it's been such a bad season, but I wanted to do this with the two of you. I respect you both a great deal, and I wanted to give the two of you a chance to really just let loose your thoughts on the season so far. Maybe I haven't expressed this enough, but I am extremely disappointed with uh, Fulham Football Club. I'm a glass half full guy. I can still see a way out of this, but I'm along the lines of Scott. I think they need four players, and they have to be quality players. And to Emilio's point, there has to be some attacking options because if they don't get attacking options, they're not going to score enough goals. So it's kind of a combination of both of my co-hosts here to get it done, and we'll see what happens. But right now it's not good enough, and it's been a major disappointment to me. I predicted 10th, and I'm looking like a fool. And uh, But that's my glass half full um, persona. I was going off of the uh, transfer window thinking these were quality players. And, and you know what? They are quality players, but they're just not playing to the level that Fulham need them to be. All right. Great show, guys, but we're going to have to wrap this up. For Scott Tanfield from Friends of Foam and Emilio Donnello, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.